And Aaron, an unlikely prisoner, how an eternal optimist found hope in Myanmar's most notorious jail, is available online and in all good bookstores now. And it is the book written by Australian economist Sean Turnell. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. How are you? We're well, good. so good, thank you. Better than you, it would seem. Um, an unlikely prisoner. Uh, what happened? Well, I guess it's a long story, but in essence, I spent 650 days in one of the worst prisons in Southeast Asia, this most incredible place in Yangon, Myanmar, called Insane Prison. Uh, it's called Insane Prison. It is, I know. It, it couldn't be better named, and it God. very much describes the place. Oh, wait, Mate, so you, it's I-N-S-E-I-N. Yeah. Is that like That's an actual right. Thai word? Uh, a Burmese word. A yeah. Burmese word, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah oh that's my right. Gosh. Yep. Now, Sean, you look, for people who can't see you, and it is a, not a visual medium, although we might, do we put this on our, anyway, yeah, we'll check it out. You are, look, an unassuming looking <laughs> character. You're obviously a, a well-respected economist. Uh, so you, uh, you're not a tall man. Uh, so you don't look like someone, if, I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to be a smartest, but you don't look like someone who would end up in one of the world's most notorious jails. No, exactly, mate. So hence the title of the book was just obvious, right? You just look at me and you think, really? Him? But you're <laughs> almost the best type, though, if you're getting into that spy world. <laughs> How did true. you get arrested? What actually happened? Uh, well, they suddenly appeared at the hotel because this was uh, 2021, so COVID's on. So um, you were over there for work? What was the basis I was, of the trip? yeah. So I, I was over there helping the civilian government of Aung San Suu Kyi and we yep. were desperately that's, trying to turn things around. But that, that's what you <laughs> Would say, <laughs> indeed. Now, Myanmar is Burma, is this <laughs> yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, so so yeah. the military were always hovering around. So we knew that they were a threat, but then one day they suddenly took over the country, basically, and I got a message at the hotel said, Sean, get out. Uh, but by then, uh, I couldn't go anywhere, right? There's no flights, you couldn't get to the border. So, yeah, essentially I just had to wait for the military intelligence people to arrive. Hang on, so you get, could you just go back to that? So you're at the hotel, you get a text message, get out of the country? Yep, at 5am. And I thought, oh, my God, what do I do? Does your heart just stop? Like what, what's the reaction of someone in that position? All of that. Uh, yeah. And then to pack really quickly. But, of course, I've got my computer with me. I've got all these notes and all that. And I thought, oh, my God, what do I do? How do I get rid of this stuff? And so then did I, you pack really quickly? Did you try to I get did. out? I did. Yeah. So I packed really quickly, went downstairs. But the one thing I did wrong, instead of going out the back entrance, I went out the front oh. because, of course, I had to pay the bill. Right? Being oh, an economist, I'm not, not pay the bill. So I just ran straight into the hands of military intelligence. So you paid the bill for how long had you been staying at that hotel for? Oh, two weeks and it was a big bill. And you know the worst of it, after I was arrested, they still cashed it. Like they still charged what? me. So you walk out the door of the hotel and do they arrest you straight away or do you get in a taxi? Where, where do they get you? They actually forced me to wait in the lobby for about a few hours and we had this most 
awkward small talk imaginable. And I knew what was going on, that they were making calls to the senior general up in Myanmar's bizarre capital city called Naypyidaw. So there's all this sort of activity going on as they were thinking, what the hell do we do with this guy? Do we we arrest him or what? So were were you there as a spy? Were you there? Like what was your official (laughs) role? (laughs) Well, according to them, I was there as a spy. Um, According to me, of course, I was there to help the civilian government, uh, you know, reform the economy and do the things we needed to do to stop the military coming in. On behalf of Australia or in a private capacity? Bit of both. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I was uh, paid by the Australian government. Okay, um, yeah. But to assist the Myanmar government, which was really struggling. It had only come into office a few years earlier. Yeah, really struggling in all sorts of ways and very fragile. So, but it was very much in Australia's interest as well as, you yeah. know, Democrats in Myanmar uh, to for that government to survive and be stable. Uh, so how long had you been in Myanmar at this point? Well, on and off for the previous last five years. So, right. yeah, the place was really familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Australian government, were they the ones that sent you the message or were the locals who sent you the message to get out? A local sent me the message uh, and they called themselves a secret friend because, of course, by then the whole atmosphere yeah. was really intense. So, yeah, um, yeah they, they worried about it and asked me to keep their name secret. But so they didn't give me the name anyway. Now I think no. about it. So you get arrested. Do they handcuff you? What? What? Are th- All of that. Yeah. And of course, this is totally new territory to me. And it's not even the the sort of handcuffs we have here in Australia. It's not those you know newfangled things. This is old nineteenth century yeah. convict sort of stuff. Big iron things around your wrist. Later, I oh. had to wear leg irons and all that. I mean, wow. it was absolutely medieval. Um, you know, and I'd never even got a parking ticket up to this yeah, point. Right. My whole so, life, not even a parking wow. ticket. Now I'm being but, dragged away in chains. So you you basically look like you're Hannibal Lecter almost. <laughs> exactly. Like you're really no, being that's dragged. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And so at this point you had no idea how long you were going to be arrested, how long you were going to be in jail for? Not at all. And, in fact, I thought I might be arrested, uh, sorry, released quite quickly because as a prominent foreigner it didn't seem to make sense that they would arrest me, right? Because at this point the regime, these military guys, are trying to convince the world that, you know, no big deal, nothing to see here. Um, So it didn't make any sense. And so I I thought, okay, they're probably going to give me a fright and then just deport me after about a week. But, yeah, nearly two years later. I see you're wearing a a wedding ring. Yes. Were you married at that time? You haven't since found love, I'm assuming. You were <laughs> like, what? What did you call your wife? Do you have kids? What was that? Yep, yep. So I have a daughter, Fu Wong, and my wife yeah. Ha. Uh, she was my first phone call. Um, and uh, she was just incredible. Was she in Australia or...? She is, and she was there throughout, but she organised the campaign to get me out. So um, I owe a big time for the rest of my life. Can't ever divorce her, can you? (laughs) No. no, I mean, I wouldn't want to anyway, but, (laughs) yeah, yeah. certainly. So initially, what do they charge you with, and how quickly do you know what you've been charged with? It took six months for them to charge me, Um, but I had a suspicion of where they were going because they kept... they got into my computer, basically. They got some Russians to break into the hard drive of the computer. And here, by the way, word of warning, you can never delete anything from your hard drive. Not mm. possible. Really? Yeah, yeah. as long as it's, if it's been there. on your hard drive, it'll be there forever. Because I took all sorts of precautions, got rid of stuff, got advice how to empty the trash, blah, blah, blah. Wow. But because it would physically be on, on the hard drive... They got it all back, all these documents, and, and they're all documents I was meant to have, you know, yeah. that I was working on all that. But the way they painted it yeah. was that I was a spy and I had special access to privileged information and all that. So were they, did they claim that you were trying to steal from the country or that you were what, – what do they claim you were doing wrong? 
I guess the major claim really was that I was manipulating the situation, that I was the power behind the scenes, pulling all the strings. For Were you partly long... flattered? Yeah, there was an element. <laughs> <laughs> there was an element of that. Um, but, you know, again, I don't really look the part of a Machiavelli, but, you know, then again, you never know, right? That's how they look, mate. That's how they look. This, is, this feels really usual suspects or, you know, like yeah. a quiet American, which is a, a great yeah. book. Harvey Osborne. Oh, God, <laughs> That's the yeah. vibe I'm getting. So, so at what point did you think I'm going to be spending a lot of time in jail? Was that early in the first couple of weeks or, yeah, when did you realise it was going to be a long time? First few months I still thought I'd get out quite what? early. Um, but then the trial began and I knew the trial would last about a year because one of my, well, my defendants were Aung San Suu Kyi, all of the ministers who, you know, were allegedly oh, right. my agents. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so the trial would go for at least a year, which I knew. I then hoped that they would boot me out straight away after finding me guilty because, of course, after charging over there, you're automatically guilty. Uh, but they yeah. still kept me on for a few more months after that. And is that like an extradition order we have or we take all our prisoners back type thing? Like, so you knew they'd kick you out? They don't They don't hold foreigners in their prisoners? Or? Yeah, yeah. But basically the tradition is to get foreigners out, but it's yeah. very arbitrary. So there's no rule of law. There's so no formality. Did you feel like you had the, the full support of the Australian government and they were doing all they could or did you feel a bit abandoned? Oh, I never felt abandoned. I, I think in these sort of situations, there's always arguments about what to do. Yeah. So, for instance, have the really obvious thing. Do you really publicise it yeah. or do you do it quietly? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah very, very hard to know what to do. I, I, you know, I personally think you make as much noise as yeah. possible. But, yeah. but in some um, countries that, that's been proven not to be, you know, it's a really, it's a hard one, isn't egos. it? It's yeah. really yeah. tough and it's really tough on the family at home because yeah. it's the family that have to make that decision. Because you as the prisoner, you know, you, you're, you're just sitting there. So Did, so what happened to you in prison? What, what was the worst kind of thing that happened to you? Uh, so many bad things. I mean, the, the yeah. jail itself was awful, like, because yeah. it was built in the 19th century, very run down, oh concrete God. floors, like filthy walls and floors and old How many of you bars. in your cell? Was it uh, just you? Or it was, was just it? me because they're always terrified that I would pollute the local oh, population yes, with my right. ideas. So they, yeah. they always kept me on my own. But except for the rats, the rats, the mosquitoes, spiders, oh. scorpions, centipedes. Did you have a toilet, in out. a toilet in your cubicle or in your cell or I did not? and... It's the worst. I know there's a movie that claims the worst toilet in the world, but but this was a squat toilet built in Yangon in the mid 19th century. So Come and on. and I don't oh. reckon it was had been cleaned since about 1856. Oh, so I think that's that disgusting. Did it? <laughs> it, everything about it was disgusting. Not not oh my just God, the but smell. you seem so happy. Surely you must have some post traumatic stress or or not. Or were you were you able to keep your attitude? Good over that journey? Yeah, I was. Mm. Um, basically because I thought, what, what else do I do? You know, it's, it's a mm. funny one because people have often asked me, like, how do you do it and all that. Yeah. But if the alternative is just to fall apart, the best thing to do is not to, yeah, you know. So, so I just did that. You know what, that is um, actually 99.9999999% of us will never find ourselves in your position, thank God. But that's actually great advice for the challenges that we all confront in our lives. Yeah. The option is A, fall apart, B, not to. Yeah. you got to not to, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. What's the alternative? And really How, just, yeah, it was as simple as that. How was the food? <laughs> oh, bloody awful. Oh. <laughs> um, it was served in buckets uh, and oh it was God. basically sort of a, a thin gruel, sort of vegetable thing, um, some meat that really didn't have any meat left on that. In fact, you get a bucket full of bones and gristle and oh. oil. And no, the, the food was really, really bad. Um, the, the good thing is after a time I was able to get supplied with food, 
from my wife that she would bake here Amazing. in Sydney, put in what? a diplomatic pouch and sent from Canberra uh, all the way to Yangon. <laughs> so I was my able to do God. that. But. And so I'm, just, I'm fascinated by your, so you, you were alone the whole time or you didn't get to like mix with other prisoners at all? Oh, I did for a few hours each day uh, and yeah, then right. we were sort of locked away in the cells. But did you make friends? Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. And, and my Burmese colleagues saved my life. They were so brave. And yeah. unlike me, they, they've not got a whole country behind them. Um, to get them out, right? They're stuck there. Were there any They're, beatings or any physical? There kind? was, yeah, yeah. Oh. A little bit on me, sort of fairly mild, and just when I really frustrated the interrogators a few yeah. times. So they were trying to get you to admit to stuff, I imagine, so that it would justify the fact you'd been locked up. Yeah. And so were they trying Absolutely. to get you to make stuff up so that you could get, you know, some sort of relief or not? Yeah, totally. Because, but the stuff was made up by them. So, yeah. it, and it was just so absurd, you know, like it would be hard to agree because it was hard to understand sometimes the plots that they were making yeah. up. Yeah. But yeah, no, essentially they wanted me to incriminate myself, but also then to incriminate Aung San Suu Kyi and the yes. government. Yeah. yeah, right. So make up stuff about the civilian government so that they would be able to publicise that. Justify their Absolutely. coup, their military coup. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's, yep. oh God, I could ask you questions all day and I'm going to get you on my sky. Show and, and ask what? you more, but read well, we the book. We do need to tell you what else you could do is what? you could pick up An Unlikely Prisoner, which is the book which is out yes. now online and in all good bookstores now. Uh, Australian economist um, Sean Turnell, your attitude's amazing. Your story is incredible. But we do need to know. We need to know the moment where you realised you were going to get yes. out. Yes. When? when oh. How? In what period? When did that happen? So it happened in November 2022. Uh, a guard just suddenly appeared at the door of my cell and said, "Sean, good news. You're going home." And were they nice to you? Sorry, the guards. Did you develop a little bit of yeah, a relationship? I did. Yeah. I did. There were some really nice ones, and some I felt really sorry for. Actually, like yeah. some of them were very, very poor. They really had no options. Yeah. And and, yeah. You know, so and I tried to be friendly with them because they used to wear English soccer jerseys. So oh, I used yeah. to try and think of everything okay. I knew about yeah. Manchester. Which, yeah. which team would have been? Which era? Which era? Which <laughs> era? Um, it was the era where they had that really famous French player whose name I can't remember. Cantona. That's him. So, That's for the 90s. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. also you need if, me in there, Sean. I would have got you. If these guys, if they were current fans of Man United, they would have been in a bad mood all the time. Really? Don't mention it. They had a terrible couple of years. Yeah. Don't say you love City. Big man, City guy. Um, yeah, the no. moment he said you're out, and that was it. Yeah, that, that's yeah. right. But I, I didn't did know what to day? do. Did you leave that day? Did you leave that day? I did. Yeah. Uh, so a few hours later, I was put on a plane. My biggest anxiety is that they taken my shoes away, and I thought, do I? Can I get on a plane without any shoes? <laughs> wow. They okay, they wouldn't have let you in the lounge because I've been stopped from going in the lounge oh. wearing thongs. But, but I tell you what, I was put on business class with no <laughs> shoes on. So. No did shoes. Did you get into business class? What? Yeah, they did. Did you come home business class? I did. I did. It's almost worse. It's worse. <laughs> hey, Sean, you're a legend. Uh, an Unlikely Prisoner wow. is the book. It is a great yeah. story. Thanks so much, mate. Thank Brilliant. you. Thanks, guys.